6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I'm wondering if you're on the road in an electric vehicle. I keep reading more and more articles about advancements in technology around electric vehicles suggesting to me um, or you know the articles are suggesting that that is making ownership of electric vehicles more appealing to Canadians and I suspect that that might have something to do with depending on where you're living in this country and I know there's electric vehicles in in Edmonton and northern Alberta I see them when I'm on uh, the road when I'm out of the house when I'm driving to work we know at the consumer electronics show uh, in Vegas that's under way right now more and more car makers are unveiling you know the latest greatest ev technology and we know that there are a lot of car makers out there that are saying hey you know what by 2035 2040 whatever it is this is the way it's going to be but with the weather that we've had over the last little while it got us thinking you know how feasible is it in the, in a cold climate, certainly in the cold snap that we've had over the past little while? Are there advancements on that front as far as batteries and, and how long do those batteries last in this cold weather? So we've dialed up the guy that knows. Brian Turner is an automotive columnist with Post Media's Driving.ca. Hey, Brian, welcome back to the show. Good afternoon and burr, Jalen. <laughs> I know, right? It's just been something else. We've been stuck in this minus 30 for so long now. Now, it was interesting because I was just reading an article from the Toronto Star, I think it was, and it was crunching the numbers on electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles in this country. And I seem to think that I had thought that there was a lot more uh, on the road than maybe there actually is what are the numbers that you know on it's how many still, cars are out there right now it's still a pretty niche marketplace with yeah. less than i think at the last measurement less than two percent uh, yeah. of the canadian fleet but it's growing and it's growing fast and and yes there are a lot of adapt- adaptations i always take however the automotive manufacturer's promise of conversion to all electric with a grain of salt because they've been making that promise for 30 years. Um, but there are getting footholds. And I've, I've had a chance to uh, talk to a lot of EV owners uh, out in the road, on the street, so not being influenced by all the hype. And they tell me in these sub-zero temperatures, they're experiencing anywhere between 15 and 20% range loss. And that might sound like a lot, uh, but keep in mind, um, I think the last census that had this information for Edmonton said over 60% of the people that work in Edmonton live less than 10 kilometers from their place of work. And that was before pandemic, so you know those figures are growing. 90% of the people in your city live within 25 kilometers of where they work. So range shouldn't be an issue. Um, The electric vehicles do have some benefits. Uh, A lot of the EV owners know some of the tricks to surviving sub-zero because their charging port can also supply power to the in-car heater and uh, make sure it's toasty and ready to go when they have to get out in the morning and fully charged. One of the hidden benefits that not a lot of people think about, if you live in an area that has a lot of electricity disruptions, and in yeah. the wintertime, don't we all know that? Uh, with very little modest modifications by a professional, a electric car can power a house. Even a low range, um, say on the, on the mid-price end, like 300-kilometer range Nissan Leaf, can power a house for, for two days. A longer range Tesla can power a house for over four days. And that gives you the the benefit of not losing <laughs> your your, your yeah. livelihood. 
You know, Brent, I, I think it's interesting you talk about um, the distance that people travel to work. And so I guess one of the things that one has to think about is is if you're going to be using, if you're getting, if you're looking at a, an EV, if you're going to be using it for running around the community, right, you know, back and forth to work, to take the kids to school, to go get your groceries, or if you're road tripping with that, does do you think that that makes a big difference? Uh, it adds into the to your range anxiety. And, and when you're in the shopping mode for looking at, you know, um, electric versus internal combustion but even when you think about it uh, even the the, the well, I'm going to say not the lower the mid but the mid-range what you might consider an affordable EV we've talked about Nissan's Leaf um, that will give you um, more than three hours worth of driving on a daily basis I don't think too many of us like to spend that long in our vehicles anyway <laughs> and does does have the benefit of, of losing a lot of maintenance costs. However, it all comes with a premium. And you're right to consider lifespans because, hey, on average, we're keeping our vehicles close to 10 years. So where do these batteries, how do they last and how do they make out after five, six, seven years down the road or eight years? Because that's when the warranty ends on most of them. And that can, so, they can be an expensive touch. Yeah, I, I bet. Uh, Brian Turner joining us this afternoon. He's an automotive columnist with uh, Driving.ca. So you you mentioned about, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of these manufacturers saying this is the way that it's going to be in the future within the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years that a majority of the the, the cars on the road are going to be uh, EVs. What, what needs to be done uh, you know, nationally or even prov- in provinces, infrastructurally, to to ensure that that is that is a feasible thing. I mean, you, you look at gas stations, you look at docking stations, you look at charging stations. I've read some people, you know, taking trips from here out to BC and having to plan that all out. I mean, is you know, that's got to be something that's going to have to be thought about moving forward if this is the way of the future. Yep, in- infrastructure uh, is the chicken or the egg discussion, and and that is what's needed. Charging stations available. Available, um, available in in popular business areas and in commercial areas, uh, especially level three charging stations that can bring a vehicle, most EVs, back to 80% charge um, in about 30 minutes. Uh, so hmm. that's what is needed, and that's a major investment. Um, Quebec is probably the best example of of doing that so far, and they've made a lot of inroads. They have probably the most. Um, I'm going to say populated charging station uh, demographic <laughs> on their maps uh, going. But that's, that is uh, the big key. Um, another hidden thing that people don't think about, and this is coming um, because we are going to be putting strain on our, on our hydroelectric grid systems, uh, time of use charges. We face that in Ontario. It's around in a lot of places where you're charged more for using electricity at peak hours. Japan has it uh, probably the worst I've ever seen. Their EV owners plug their vehicles back into the house to supply electricity at peak charge times. And then when the rates go down, they just flip a switch and the vehicle gets charged. So they're using low-cost power 24 hours a day. Wow. That's wow. something that is driving some, and, and in Europe, um, they're looking at similar measures that are you know, probably the best country to date for EV adaption was Norway. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of their temperatures... Yeah, I'm just saying interesting stuff. Yeah, you look at Norway. I mean, look look where that is. 
they're about 50% adoption rate, uh, depending on, on which source you look at. And uh, if that country in, in the Scandinavian Arctic temperatures yeah. that they get in their winters and their snowfalls can, can make a living and, and survive with it, um, one of the things that some EV owners still hate to think about is if you're going to drive an EV in, in this kind of weather and you want maximum range, you got to dress accordingly. You really can't jump in the car like you're driving around Florida. <laughs> uh, because you want to keep the cabin heater system down to a minimum because that's one of the major yeah. the major range eaters when you're at minus 25 minus 35 oh. with the wind chill so there, there are there there's lots to think about but you know overall i mean they they still work they still uh they get up and they get going in the morning they they turn on they get moving it's just that that loss that loss of range is one of the things to keep well there's a lot of things to keep in mind but that loss of range is one of the things uh that uh, that people should be aware of and that's where car makers are making advancements even you know living up to some of their hype um the the length of range that's available now just seems to be grow- getting longer every year now, Teslas were always known for longer range. Uh, we've got some technology coming down the pipes that would give an 800-kilometer range to a passenger oh, wow. vehicle. Um, wow. we've, got a, we've got a Vietnamese electric manufacturer offering to sell you the car but rent you the battery. So you never have to have that fear of that ultra bill uh, when the battery fails. Oh, boy. Okay, so there, well, you there's know a lot of innovation coming. Um, and, of course, you're right, CES, uh, I had a chance to go to the QNX labs just before Christmas and yeah. visit with them and look at their new software and primarily aimed at, uh, at EV use but has, obviously, um, implications farther down. But, you know, that was all designed around giving someone all the information they needed to make a trip without ever having to worry about where they're going to charge up. Mm. Brian Turner joining us this afternoon. We'll leave it there. Have a great weekend. Thanks for this, Brian. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Safe driving, everyone. Yeah, you take care now. All right, do you have an electric vehicle? Are you driving one right now? What's it been like over the past couple of weeks? Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.